Hello and welcome to Couple of Idiots. This is your daily episode by episode podcast where we talk about supernatural. I am one of your hosts, Dan, and with me as always is Penny, his ever faithful wife. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. Um, so today we uh, watched an episode called Faith. And it's about a faith healer. Before we get into this, uh, have you ever been to a faith healer or know anything about them before this episode? Um, no. I mean, I know about them. I think they're all a sham. So, no, I've never been to a faith healer. Hmm. Okay. I think there's kind of something to it. No. No. Now, I don't know if there's anything def- supernatural to it, but uh, I think those people that think that they can't walk or have a ton of pain, you get all worked up into a frenzy with a bunch of people around you and, like, your body can do miraculous things when it's all adrenaline up and right and that's just it. it's the placebo effect i think is if they believe that it's going to help them maybe in some small way it does help them but based on their belief yeah and that whole like when you they touch their their hands on their head and the people pass out and you got to have a whole bunch of big bodyguard guys standing around catching old people falling over i mean What are you going to do if you're in that situation? Get touched on the head and not fall over? Just turn around and go, wow, this is bullshit and walk out? Like, those everyone everyone faints, whether (laughs) what they're really thinking in their head is like, oh, this is better, or oh, this is bullshit. Either way, they're going down. Right, and it is, I think, like you said earlier, they get themselves into a frenzy and... It turns in like a group hypnosis sort of thing, I think. Everyone is playing out a role, and their minds and their bodies are going to fulfill that role and put on the spectacle exactly that's exactly what i think it is so no i do not believe that these so-called faith healers have any type of uh skill at all except for to get money from people (laughs) that's their main skill (laughs) i I don't know i i i'd hate to write them all off i think that there's probably guys out there that really think that they're doing the lord's work and they don't understand Oh, I'm sure they... The psychology of it and what's actually happening. Right. I'm sure there are some people out there, faith healers, whatever you want to call them, who do believe that they are doing God's work, but, you know, God's much too busy to worry about those shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> My personal opinion, he's got, more, he's got better things to do with his time. All right. <laughs> so we start out, um, this episode starts out with them hunting right away. And while they're hunting some weird creature in the basement, um, they find some kids. Uh, Sam rushes to get these kids out of the basement. Then Dean is left there with two taser guns. Sam had one and he had one. Misses the first shot. Then I think he like stumbles, lays in water, does the second taser. And then both him and the other monster get electrocuted. But what I don't... I don't understand that. I don't know if that's how tasers work. That if just if you're laying in water, I don't know why you're getting electrocuted too. Unless like you got hit with the taser. Because as far as I know, like only the barbs at the end are electrified. The rest is like wires attached. Right. I'm assuming that they're insulated wires so they don't short circuit and not work. Right. And that's one of the things I was reading on this episode. It's kind of a goof because it doesn't work that way. And what happened was Sam was trying to get the kids out and then whatever this creature they were hunting grabbed him. That's when Dean uses his taser and misses. Um, Sam, after he gets let loose, 
gives Dean his taser and proceeds to get the kids out. So that's why Dean had Sam's taser. And so, yes, uh, long story short, Dean falls in some water, tases the creature, um, and he gets electrocuted too and apparently has a heart attack or something like that. Yeah, so then come back and Sam and is in a hospital. Well, Sam gets Dean to the hospital, I guess, and uh, talks to the doctor. The prognosis is bad. He cooked his heart <clears throat> or he fried it or did something. And he's only got a few weeks to live. Yes, a month at the outside is all he's going to live. And Sam just doesn't want to take that for an answer. No, Sam doesn't like that. So he goes off to search for a way to save him. Uh, he leaves a message for John at some point in this. Yeah, this is when he um, <coughs> calls John and leaves a voicemail message because John is still trying to forward his calls to Dean and just kind of tells John what's going on. Sam's not going to give up, and Sam is basically going through his journal, doing research, calling some of John's contacts to find out if they know anything and things like that. Knock at the door, and Dean has checked himself out of the hospital. He's got all of this crazy makeup around his eyes, too, to make him look like he's near death. <laughs> right. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, it's not quite as bad as the Grim Reaper in uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. It's, <laughs> it's up there with just, like, white face and then black sunken eyes. Yeah, they, yeah the makeup was not so good on this, but definitely tell that he was supposed to be at death's door. But what's nice, though, is Sam lets him know, hey, he found a specialist in Nebraska who's going to help him out. So they head off <laughs> to go do that. They pull up, and this first scene, too, I'm like, what kind of hospital is this? Because there's people in crutches and walkers, but it's like ankle-deep mud. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? Put down some straw or <laughs> some planks for these poor people to walk on. They're just dragging their walkers through goop. <laughs> And having had two broken ankles a few years ago and having to use a walker, they're not easy to use in that. Unless it's a hard surface, they suck pretty much. Yeah, it's just old people dragging something around. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. Well, Dean is thoroughly not impressed that the specialist turns out to be Reverend Roy Lagrange, a faith healer. Yeah, he says, he says to Sam, this isn't a doctor. You said you're taking me to a doctor. And Sam's like, nope, I just said a specialist. I never said it was going to be a doctor. Yeah, so they enter the tent. You can just see on Dean's face. He is not happy to be there. He wishes they went to a real clinic someplace. Yeah. And not to this muddy tent in the middle of a field. Uh, they walk by. It's pretty clear. You know, this is just one of those things that they they point out and they show it to you so you don't miss it. There's a guy protesting. <laughs> one lone protester standing <laughs> outside talking to the cop. <laughs> letting him know he doesn't think that they should be there. When stuff like this happens, there's generally more than one protester. Right. Usually have a group of people um, protesting, you know, what they believe is this guy just taking people's money and not really healing them because that's what he thinks is going on. And that is usually what is going on. Yeah, but normally when you go protest, you grab like the whole church or community group or something. You don't just go by yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I've never seen that, but whatever. <laughs> so they uh, take their seats, and Roy LaGrange uh, is up on stage. He's wearing the dark glasses, like he's a jazz musician, so you can tell <laughs> that he's uh, blind. 
or a douche. Because <laughs> 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 only two people wear sunglasses inside, blind people in douchebags. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Guess which one I am. <laughs> That's always my best line when I wear glasses inside it. <laughs> and then if people don't know you, then they're like, Jesus, are you blind? <laughs> Nope, I'm a douche. God, <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's fun. <laughs> All right, we see his wife, uh, Sue Ann, is uh, up there with him, too. And Roy ends up picking Dean out of a crowd. Just knows that Dean needs to be healed, and he's the first one picked. He's pretty reluctant about it, though. And uh, kind of, Roy has to say, come on up, son. <laughs> and then even Sam's like, get up there. This is what you came for. Yeah, Dean's like, you know, basically this is what you came for. So S- Sam is believing that this guy might help. Dean is still very reluctant. <laughs> Displeases a pile of crap. Well, and Dean still looks like he got run over by a truck. <laughs> I mean, he can barely stand. Right, right. And, yeah, if I was him, I would just want to know where the popcorn and soda is and sit back and watch the show. But <laughs> instead, he gets called up first. So it goes up there, Roy does some praying, puts his hand on his face, like, really awkwardly. And I don't know if, like, he was supposed to just, like, flop his, Roy was supposed to flop his hand on Dean's face like a dead fish, but it was very much just smushed him right in the face. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I, I didn't see that. I just, I mean, yeah, he put his, his hand on his face, but I didn't, his <laughs> team just plop it there like it was like he had a pie an invisible pie in his hand <laughs> and he just plants it on him okay well that's i don't know watch that scene again because i don't know if he was supposed to like do it like that because dean or the actor playing dean kind of gives a look over like hey what the hell i don't know i i didn't notice that i guess all right well for those of you watching along Pay attention to that. His <laughs> Roy smushes the invisible pie in Dean's face. Um, Dean then gets dizzy and collapses. Sam rushes up onto the stage. And as Dean is kind of coming to, you see like a really old crinkly man standing next to Roy, who then vanishes into thin air. Yeah, we don't quite know what this is at this point that Dean sees, but apparently... Um Dean is the only one that sees him because seems to see him because no one else seems to react to this little creepy guy standing up there. Yeah, well, we they go to the hospital and get checked out, and he's ex- inexplicably recovered from all of his fatal injuries, and he's back to tip-top health. Yep, he uh, cured. Uh, the doctor says it's like he had no heart problems at all. Well, a nurse mentions that on the previous day, there was a young, healthy man who died of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So Dean suggests that Sam go check it out while he goes back and visits the reverend. Yes. Dean, because Dean is starting to get a bad feeling about this. Yeah, he doesn't like, he, he doesn't like this instant healing at all and seeing the creepy man. Yes, especially since it was his heart that was injured and was healed, and this other guy, boop dies of a heart attack he's like that's too much of a coincidence for me so this previous guy that died of a heart attack his name is marshall hall and sam goes and talks to a friend of his and the friend says that marshall felt like he was being followed right before he died yeah he was running and saying that he was being chased by some scary old white dude and sam's like well was he and his friend's like no no one else saw this scary old white dude 
Yeah, and while leaving, he notices that the clock on the wall is stopped at the exact... Well, it stopped, and it was wrong, so he turns around and he's like, Yo, dude, your clock is busted, which is weird. That'd probably be the last thing I'd notice. I just think, oh, they should probably put a new battery in, but he catches <laughs> that the clock had stopped, and it only stopped the day before, but the damnedest thing, nobody can get it working again. And I was just like, well, you've only probably no noticed it now yeah, well, how I'm much sure. time and energy did you put into <laughs> fixing this clock well uh, obviously they just they, had a death here well yeah it was not on the top of their priority list but they did notice and it sounds like they did try to get it working because you're right he did tell sam no one can get it working <laughs> it's amazing but true no one can get it working but i uh, think you're right probably, probably the nine volt battery <laughs> that they had stuck in it like my microphone <laughs> just needs to be replaced yeah that could be who knows um, so let me get back to where I was in the story here. Oh, rubber. <laughs> His computer just blacked out on him. There we go. Um, where was I in my notes? Okay, so finds out that died at the same time. At Loy Roy LaGrange's house then, Roy tells Dean that he feels Dean has an unfinished purpose. Yes, because Dean wants to know, why did you pick me? I mean, I didn't even have any faith in this. And, and Roy says, well, I read your heart. And in your heart, you've got an important job to do, and it's not finished. And God told me to heal you. Well, as he leaves, Dean then runs into Layla Rourke and Mrs. Rourke, mom. They're regular attendees of service. The mom's really bugged because they've been showing up regularly and they've yet to be picked the layla it's revealed has a brain tumor that they keep coming back and trying to get her healed um so they're kind of annoyed that dean got picked and thinks that he should be a lot more grateful about what has happened and stop being so curious and salty about it just accept the miracle of it all i guess right yeah layla's not upset but her mom definitely is you know she says to dean why are you allowed to live and Someone nice and faithful and loving like my daughter is going to end up dying in six months. That's what the doctor said. They had like maybe six months to live. Well, Sam and Dean get back together and they discuss the Marshall Hall death. And they also Dean tells Sam about the man that he saw while he was being healed. And they piece it all together that it's a reaper. Yes. And somehow this Re Reverend LaGrange is somehow swapping one life for another they don't quite know how he does it does it oh man sorry don't quite know how he does it but they're investigating the reaper lore and going to find out how and if it is possible to get a reaper to do your dirty work for you yeah and they're pretty sure that it has to do with this crazy looking cross that was on the altar of the church uh it looked like a weird old-timey pagan cross yeah, yeah, I th I thought it looked like a Celtic cross, but Sam called it a Coptic cross. I don't know what the difference is. I didn't look up that term, but yeah, so it's uh, that's what it looked like though. Old pagan Celtic days, something like that. Right, right. Um, and so they know that you know there's somehow black magic is being used here to control a reaper and swap out lives. So pretty much unlocked every the mystery that's going on with all this. Right, and. Dean says, well, there's only one thing we can do. They got to stop Roy. And Sam's like, whoa, we're not going to kill Roy. He's a human. And he's like, oh, he's using black magic, binding a reaper. That's a monster in my book. Yep. 
that night, then Sam breaks into the LaGrange house to try and find that spell book and see what it, Roy is using to control the Reaper. And then meanwhile, Dean goes to stop Roy doing the next healing because he knows that they're swapping lives. And they don't feel right about that at all. Right. And wouldn't you know, Roy at this point decides to heal Layla in her brain tumor. <laughs> yep. Of course. Sam finds an old book uh, full of newspaper clippings and surmises that Roy is killing people that he sees immoral because a couple of them were the immoral ones and then like the next one was then the protester guy from the very beginning. Right. There's a newspaper clipping and an article about him saying that, you know, this guy's a charlatan, he's just taking money. So he must have decided that this is the guy that was going to give up his life to heal Layla. Uh, so Dean pulls Layla aside and says, you can't go up there, you know, don't do it. She ignores him, goes up there, uh, starts yelling, you know, or Roy starts doing his little prayer stuff. And then Dean from the back of the tent yells fire. And it's about the slowest exit out of a tent with <laughs> zero evidence of a fire ever. <laughs> right. Everyone just casually stands up and walks out, but... It's a tent, and there's not even, like, smoke. Like, if someone yelled fire in a crowded tent, I'd be like, where? Yeah, definitely you could tell there was no smoke, no fire whatsoever, but everyone And it, Can did. you really burn up and die in a tent? How fast is that material <laughs> going to burn? And plus, if you just had a couple of yards of burning cloth on you, you just push it aside. Especially with, you know, the muddy parking lot. Equals <laughs> yeah. wet tent. Drop, 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 and roll. <laughs> you can all just roll out of this tent. <laughs> so it's not like, yeah, the tent was going to like, not like the tent that was dry and, you know, tinder dry and was going to burst into flames automatically. Yeah, it was, you know, one of those big, not circus tent, but, you know. Um, like you could rent for an occasion, like a rental, to like a tent yeah, that you rent for a wedding or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's, I guess, an occasion tent or an event tent. Event tent, yes. <clears throat> Also, let's think about this, too. Those things must have to have some sort of fire protection on them. Because you can't just buy a regular camping tent and have it. Like, all of that stuff is dipped in fire retardant. Right. Yes. Something that's not going to burst. explode on you Spontaneous. like a trailer home. <laughs> Spontaneously combust. <laughs> so, I thought the whole fire thing was kind of lame. I don't know. You've been better off yelling wolves or something. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, moving on. I'll try not to nitpick too much. Well, hey, at least Dean was successful, stopped the Reaper from going after the um, the protester and poor Layla. Well, yeah, because Sam did track down David, that protester in the parking lot. And while he was running, then while David could see and run from the Reaper guy, Sam couldn't see him. Yeah, so oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was listening to you. I thought you were going to keep going. Yeah, Sam couldn't see him. Um, wonders where he is. And the guy's like, he's right there. Why can't you see him? Because he's got no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. What's funny, though, is then they gets on the phone. They think that they stopped him, but they didn't stop him. Dean, then, who's back at the tent on the phone with Sam, who's off in the parking lot, I think. Yeah, he's still out in the parking lot. Um. You know, it's a parking lot. Here's another thing, too. But it looked like a used car lot. I think that the crew that day, to set the scene, I think the crew that was filming the scene just parked all of their cars there. 
Because they were all very higgledy-piggledy, and there was no way that, like, if you were parked in back, you're going to be able to drive out. People were just scattered everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't an orderly parking lot, for sure. No, no. It. You know what it reminded me of is the day that we went up to Lambeau Field, and we looked at the employee parking lot. Do you remember this? Oh, that was a long time ago. No, I don't. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The players did not follow the lines at all. <laughs> they, they just parked their cars any way that they wanted to in yeah. the employee lot. They were, like, all parking each other in. Yeah. Like, sports cars and huge SUVs. And yeah, you could tell that they're <laughs> there playing was, pranks on each other. It was, yeah, a whole lot of people that gave no fucks. Yep, wasn't in their fuck budget That's at all. That's what this parking lot reminded <laughs> me of, was just a bunch of football players on practice day. Um, so they figure out, they're on the phone then, getting back to the story at hand. Dean then sees that it's actually Sue Ann who's praying over by that crazy-looking cross that they identified earlier. And when she stops praying, then the Reaper disappears. So... We figured out that actually Roy doesn't know anything about this. It's his wife that's been doing all this. Yes, Roy actually thinks he is doing God's work and he's <gasps> healing people. And mm, it was Sue Ann and the black magic. Yeah, back at the hotel, they work all this stuff out. And they figure that there must be an altar in the house that uh, is controlling all. They flip through that book again that they found back at the Reverend's house. Yes, um, and after looking up Reaper lore... Um, kind of figure out what what she would what ingredients she would need what she would need to do to bind this reaper to do this work for her so that's why they're like hmm, we're gonna go back in that house find this altar and destroy it yeah because i guess the one point of this story that we forgot to cover is the fact that roy lagrange at one time had really serious health problems he had cancer that's what caused his blindness he recovered from the cancer but he was still blind that was a permanent scar on him so you can see now that it was actually the wife that was using the reap, put the reaper in some sort of binding spell to keep him away from Roy and Roy recovered. But then now she was using it to flip it around. And I guess for a money making opportunity or um, I don't think like it she had, knew what was going on. She knew what's going on. I don't think it had anything to do with money. She was just. Um, healing people that were faithful and sacrificing people that she thought were immoral and didn't deserve to live. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. So they go back and return to the house. You know what? This is where they needed one of those scenes like, oh, not you guys again. We told you to leave. Well, kind of they did because the scene before... uh, Before when they got kicked out for the fire, the cops told them, beat it or we're going to put the fear of God. Yeah, exactly. So they were they were told to leave, leave the town and don't come back. So return back. Sam finds the altar in the basement while Dean uh, finds the service in progress again with Layla. They're just doing like a private service so it can't be busted up. Right. So Layla is about ready to be healed again. Sam finds the altar in the basement, destroys it. Sue Ann, though, is out. I guess walking around, not in the tent, probably walking the grounds to make sure that these guys weren't around, discovers them, locks them down into the basement. Well, first, while Sam was in the basement, he sees that there's a photo of Dean, so he knows with a huge red X on it, so he knows that Dean is the next target. Right. Yeah. So, yes, Sue Ann does find Sam down there, locks him down in the basement. And then just 
Dean or Sam goes and grabs a log and just knocks out a couple of boards on the side of the building and slips yeah. out. Yeah, he he escapes. <laughs> it's a pretty easy house to get out of. <laughs> you can't keep a Winchester down. <laughs> well, and there would have also been an inside staircase into like the ups to the first floor that he probably could have busted through too if he couldn't get out through those old crappy storm shutters outside. Right. Or storm. Yes. What do you call those doors that are at like an angle? next to the house that go down into the basement i just call them cellar doors uh the people used to call those root cellars or i mean i don't know i've never had a house that had a a cellar door like oh well when we lived in blue mounds that's how we got to the i got to the basement to do laundry we didn't have to open up oh no 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 a regular door right yeah that's right we never had one with the big flaps right you know like they did in wizard of oz that's the kind of door we're talking about yeah i'm trying to think if anyone I know, I'm, I think my grandma and grandpa had it at their house, but I don't think it's actually on their house anymore. I think they then had them removed. Because, I mean, it is just a big crummy door that's just going to catch every drop of rain. Right. And funnel it down in, unless that door is, like, really nice and new and sealed. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just a big water funnel. <laughs> it seems not very useful. Yeah. If you have one of those crazy cellar doors on your house, please write in and tell us how it works out for you. Oh, they also call them storm cellars because of the fact that that's where everyone would go if there's a tornado or a bad storm to kind of ride it through. Yeah, we do have to say we are broadcasting from the Midwest, and these are things that people on the West Coast and East Coast know nothing about is really bad storms where you actually have to go to basements. Right, right, exactly. Oh, we got a lot of rain. Oh, it's hot. No, that's not real weather. <laughs> Wait till there's a tornado ripping your house off. It's inches. So, um, the uh, Sue Ann goes back to the service uh, so that the uh, to summon the Reaper so that Layla can get healed. The Reaper appears to Dean and starts to take his life just in the nick of time, as always on these episodes. Sam appears, smashes the cross that Sue Ann was praying over, and like he threw the cross down and like red blood fell out of it. Well, that was one of the ingredients she needed to buy in the Reaper was human blood. Yeah, I didn't think that she would have like gone to a craft store and got, <laughs> you know, got some glass and blown a little cross and put the blood in there. That was nuts. Well, I'm assuming she got it from a... Whatever, mystic store, an occult store, something like that. <laughs> Wiccan store. store. I don't know what they call them. I don't frequent them, so I have no clue. I wonder, can you buy that online? Crosses filled with human blood? You could probably buy them with crosses that claim to be filled with human blood, but it's probably just some sort of colored water or colored substance. Yeah, probably. You're always ripped off by trying to buy human fluids online. (laughs) Uh, The Reaper, then once uh, once that cross gets smashed... You, I, everyone knows that the Reaper then is released because then he turns around and gives a great big smile to Sue Ann because, you know, she's now next because she's been preventing this Reaper character from doing his natural job. And instead, with all these crazy um, spells and potions and incantations, has been running his life. So he can't wait to then off her. So... He spins around and uh, puts his hand on Sue Ann's life and the life is out of her body. Yes, and I'm surprised, though, that since he was there, he didn't go and, and uh, heal Layla, but 
No, nope. yeah, that he didn't actually use that life to do anything. He's just like, bitch, you're mine, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, Layla was not healed, and she's like, I don't feel any different. And the menace, Roy's all confused. He doesn't know why it didn't work. Yeah, he has no clue because, he, like I said, he did not know his wife had bound this reaper. He thought he was actually um, healing people with God's help. Well, this guy's going to have to get a new job really quick now that his... Uh his pop-up sermon uh, faith healing business is going to go under. Yeah, and now that Sue Ellen's also, or Sue Ann, whatever. Sue Ann's dead, yeah. Sue Ann's dead. Poor guy, he's a oh, widower. Man, this Roy guy just got fucked. Yeah, he got royally boned, not going to lie. He's no longer able to heal. He's a widower. His life is shit. <laughs> Weird. Mm-hmm. As they prepare to leave town, Teen is still disturbed because he he was saved and Layla wasn't. Layla just magically arrives at the hotel room right then. And my first question was, how does she know where they're at? And that was a question in my mind, and it's instantly answered because Dean asks, how did you know where to find us? And we're told Sam made a call. Yeah, Sam called her because... Um Dean was still going, oh, it should have been Layla that was healed and not me. She had so much faith and I didn't, blah, blah, blah. And So know. she tells Dean that she's made peace with what's happened to her, that she didn't get saved like everyone else. Dean says he'll pray for her, which then she calls a true miracle. The end. Yep. That was it. Um, I don't know. Not that interesting of an episode. <laughs> No, um, but we're introduced to a new character, a Reaper. Um, that's a character that... We run into a lot more Reapers in the future. Yeah, yeah. We do run into Reapers in the future, so... And we know they're out there. At the very beginning, I see here it's called a Rawhead. I don't think it was called out in this episode is what it was. Are, are those seen again or more explained? Because we just caught them like mid-hunt and then... We never <laughs> learned anything else about that. Yeah, and the synopsis in IMDb, they call it a demon, but it can't be a demon because you cannot kill a demon by tasing it. We all know that. Well, we don't yet, but I know that. But I, yeah, it, it wasn't a demon. No well, way. Well, they call it a raw head here. Is that a name that you know? Nope, that's uh, never heard that term. I don't think they ever use it again. Well, it actually wasn't used in the episode. That's what just the synopsis that Dan's reading. Yeah. This, oh, it's in two episodes. This one, and then it's in an episode, season 14, episode one. Really? Season 14, episode one. Okay, I'll have to look at that. So, it has super strength. It's uh, able to throw Dean to the ground with one hand with little effort. Well, he is a small guy. I, I don't know if that's really super strength. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, the actor that plays Dean is 6'1". It's not like he's a small guy, you know. Despite the large size, a rawhead can move quickly and hide to evade hunters, even in small confined spaces. All right, That's well. amazing. It's an Irish sort of boogeyman said to live by pipes under the sink and to drown naughty children and reward the good. Well, those kids that Dean and Sam saved were naughty and probably didn't deserve to be saved, but they did it anyway. <laughs> He's covered all over with matted hair, has pale flat eyes, lives in dark cupboards, and is rumored to have a crouch- crouching form like a rock. I guess he can just 
look like a big rock under your sink? <laughs> I got to tell you, if I open up my cupboard and all of a sudden there's a big hairy rock there, I'd, I'd have questions. Yeah, I wouldn't. Even if it was just a regular rock, I'd still be like, what the heck is this doing here? And chuck it, you know? Honey, what'd you buy from Amazon? <laughs> a large hairy rock. <laughs> okay. <laughs> buy two next time. Mother might like one. Um. Yeah, what else? Um, there's tarot cards in this episode, too. Do, do they use a lot of tarot cards and tarot stuff in this show going forward? No, not really. Oh. And then I got to tell you, out of the crazy occult stuff, tarot cards and tarot card readings are like the one thing I've actually seen in real life multiple times. Hmm. And some of the people that are into it are like really believe in it. Yeah, they do. Do you have, do you have any weight on tarot cards or is it purely just... A, b- a big stack of cardboard that's randomly handed out and given yes. silly meanings. Yes, that's exactly what I think it is. You don't feel that the universe is putting those pieces of cardboard in specific places guided by your hand? No, no, not a believer, Some sorry. Some sort of divine chance or no. randomness? If anything, I personally think if they have any type of real power, it comes not from God but from Satan, so... That's why I try to avoid all that stuff like the plague. Oh, so you're saying that tarot cards might actually have some crazy supernatural ability. They might, and if they do, that's probably where they get it. But I think most people most people are just playing around and don't really have any type of special skill or talent or power or anything like that. Well, and a lot of times it seems that the readings, they're just big, broad readings that anything in your life could fit into like a key and then people are like wow that's mind-blowing and it's like yeah but you could probably say those large general things for everyone you know yeah that's why i don't put much stock in psychics or anything like that so i think people themselves give those cards their power yes probably yes if you believe in it and take their advice well the only re- way is you yourself it's not like this ghost in the cards is going to come out and make you go look for a job or whatever you were told to do. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, pretty good. It, it starts a little silly. has a couple of silly spots in it. starts a little silly because of the whole tasing thing. You can't shoot a taser and electrocute your own damn self. <laughs> right. I think half the time it doesn't even electrocute the other guy. No, I, yeah. Properly. Right. So true. Would you ever get tased for the fun of it? No. I avoid being tased like the plague. Or what's that thing where it's just the handheld that you zap people? That's still some sort of taser. I'm not really sure. Yeah, this is the one that like shot the barbs out with the wires everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, actually, when those fire off, they put little micro dots that have like the serial number of it so they can track exactly who fired those things makes sense yeah there's like a little dust everywhere that's got they, they can track it right back to who, who purchased that item cool yeah that's good i mean could you imagine if people were just running around the streets firing tasers at each other for the fun of it a new game only in <laughs> wisconsin I mean, yeah, you'd probably just want to play it in the parks or somewhere. Or <laughs> when you fall over, you're gonna, not going to hit your head on concrete. But. Yeah, nice soft grass. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's taking paintball up another notch. <laughs> there you go. Taser ball. <laughs> Neat. Do you have anything else to say about this? Nope. I was just going to make mention of next week's episode. Season one, episode 13 is entitled Route 666. Cool. We've seen Route 666. Uh, we've seen Route 66. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm part of that. There's a bypass that's Route 666. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. We, d- we just drove by it. We didn't actually, like, drive down it or anything, but we're like, hey, look. Yeah, I can't remember what state that was in. It's in Arizona, some sort of hellhole. You know <laughs> that they named it for the fun of it. Right, right, right. Like, oh, it's hot and it sucks here. It's like hell. Oh, we're on Route 66. Let's make a bypass and call it 666. Because, <laughs> like, normally it would have been, like, 166 or 266 or 3. They just, they skipped all of those and just went right to 666. As one should. Yeah. Neat. Yes, it'll be good, I think. Well, we'll do that tomorrow and talk to everyone about that. For now, it's our show. That's it. Bye.